Hello everyone, welcome to the Self-Love Society. This is the podcast for people who are on the journey of self-discovery and wellness with a dash of foolishness sprinkled on top. This is a safe place to learn, laugh, and discover your own individual path. Let us start the show. Hey guys. Hello everyone. My name is Sai, aka Inkiro the Love Guru. And my name is Tony Gillen. Um Licensed professional counselor. I forgot what I was at. I forgot what I was for a minute. Like, Welcome back to another episode of the Self Love Society. Yeah. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day today. We are. Of um, course. I am somewhat. We'll see. For real, we're going to have a good day anyway. We always have a good day when we get together mm-hmm. and get into these dialogues, mm-hmm. diatrides. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to start this thing off like we do each and every week. Yep. How you doing, T? Man. <laughs> I am holding on. I am, I'm learning like last week, you know, we talked about what are the things that are on your plate that belong to you and what belongs to other people. And so I am being, uh. I'm being doused in fire. I'm, I'm in the lake of fire right mm, now. Of, of, trial of, by fire. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. lake of fire in the hell. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> doused in fire. Try- <laughs> I got to save but, a friend. Uh, he going but, to other places. I'm going somewhere. <laughs> but uh, I'm, getting, I'm on trial by fire of recognizing what's what's mine and what's not mine. And so, yeah. Uh, you know. You know, some things that you see on your plate and you're like, mm, I don't know if that looked like it belonged to me, but. It could belong to somebody else, so you have to decipher. Yeah. And so I'm kind of there right now with some things. Um, what else is going on with me? I'm kind of just, I'm kind of just in limbo right now. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just waiting on the next thing to happen. Um, but everything, I mean, nothing's going bad. Nothing's going great. It's just kind of like, eh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Yeah, what about yourself? How you doing? I think I'm doing pretty well this week. I think that I've tested this week with, you know, my major problem with wanting to help everybody and wanting to pick up everything. I think I was tested quite a bit this mm-hmm. last week, and um, I think I did pretty good. You know, I ain't trying to say I got an A, but I know I passed. Right. You know what I mean? Strong. 78. You know, 82. I'm in there. I'm in there. You know, I'm in there good. You know what I mean? I got a passing grade. I got to repeat this class. So, you know, I'm I'm happy with it. Sometimes you got to cut your losses. Be happy with what you got. But I think that it was, you know, I found myself. The reason why I say that is because I've had situations with some of my friends and family people. Family, people who are in my close inner circle with situations and they would bring me things and I would literally find myself going into that mode of me trying to say, Oh, well, you know, let me take it. And then my, in my mind, in my mind, in my mind, <laughs> in my mind um, a little thought switching over and saying, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Why are you, why are you, you know what you're about to do is not necessary. That's not for you to pick up. That's yeah. not for you to to do. You already know where this is going to lead. If you pick it up, you're going to be disappointed. Right. So don't. 
yeah. do your portion and leave the rest for the other person to do their portion. Mm. So that's why I say, because I still kind of almost picked it up, that's why I said I got it about a, a 78. 78. <laughs> you okay. know, I ain't passed blank, but I passed yeah. good enough. Yeah, you, didn't you know. Fail. I didn't fail there this time. You know, I have failed this test countless times. <laughs> I can't even tell you the amount of times, and I may fail in the future. So uh, I ain't going to be like I'm proficient because I just said a 70, 78. You know, that ain't that ain't always sure. It retests yeah, me. Depending on who you're talking to. You know, <laughs> it might some, be a 63 some, next Some household is straight A's. You know, some households is like, hey, baby, you passed. Some things you are straight at, you proficient at. This right here is kind of, I'm still working on it, but yeah. I was I was proud of myself because I was able to recognize moments in which I was um, experiencing the urge to do something that I knew would be detrimental to my self-care, you yeah. know what I mean, and to not walk into that. So I, I can't complain. I can't complain. Yeah, I understand that. Yes. Well... We left off last week with some affirmations. Yes, we did. Um, Would you like me to repeat yes, them? Yes, please repeat them. So the us. affirmations for last week were, I say no to what does not serve me. I say no to what does not serve me. I say no to what does not serve me. And the second one was... <laughs> To the no, no, here to the no. <laughs> for real, because sometimes you got to, uh-uh. This ain't for me. That's a nah. <laughs> it's a nah, cuz. This ain't it. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't the move, fam. That oh, ain't it. <laughs> and the second affirmation was, I collect emotions that edify my spirit. I collect emotions that edify my spirit. I collect emotions that edify my spirit. And then the third one was, I am covered and protected when I need to take some time away. I'm covered and protected when I need to take some time away. I'm covered and protected when I need to take some time away. Those were the affirmations for last week. Yeah. Any of those? Uh, uh, all of them. All of them. I feel you. like all of them was like the, the oh, they was like the Power Rangers combining like to in order to help me get that 78%. <laughs> completion right because <laughs> yeah because i had to say no to you know like i was just saying like me picking up stuff that does not serve me you know what i mean i had to say no to myself even though i wanted to do it i had to say no to myself in doing so um and you know i do have um quite a few people that do call on me for advice and sometimes you can be in an empathic individual you can feel the energy off of a person you can feel that they're presenting you with things that are not necessarily positive and I did have an encounter with one of my um one of the people in my circle it wasn't quite positive and I had to literally walk away from the conversation because I said you know what this really ain't going good yeah and this is really taking shifting my mindset to a place that I really don't want it to be in yeah so let me go ahead and speak this and speak that reality into the atmosphere so this other person understands where i am right. and why i need to walk away from this situation so um that i collect emotions that are only edifying to my spirit that was that moment for me to say okay this ain't this ain't and i think i had to call you on that particular time you know i was like listen 
help me. I think I'm going crazy. You know? <laughs> and, so, and so that was my second one. And then I'm covered and protected when I need to take some time away. Because I, when I do walk away from certain things, a lot of times I will um, do the thing where I feel guilty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like I have to, you know, um, somehow, I think you were saying this. I don't think you said this on your social media. Or you told me this. I don't know. But this, either way, this came from the licensed professional. I think you gave me this advice. Maybe you didn't, and I dreamed that you yeah, gave you me this advice. this advice. I'm trying to remember, but <laughs> if you didn't say this, I'm, I apologize for saying you said it. But <laughs> he said, I'm taking the credit anyway. But you said, um, you said something to me, and you said that um, sometimes, sometimes you have to... Uh, walk away from situations and that are not serving you and you have to understand that it's okay to walk away from those situations in whatever time that it is to walk away from those yeah. situations for the betterment of yourself at at the end of the day yeah. and a lot of times you go through this whole situation to where you feel guilty for choosing yourself mm. and then you come back and you want to you feel like you have to um apologize or overcompensate from your from your absence oh something you something like that you do you don't remember telling me this i i think i do okay spoke to me now okay so oh, we, oh, snap. <laughs> so when you well you speaking to yourself i'm just regurgitating right. what you told me so Man. when you when you told me that and when i dealt with that situation after speaking i i tried to reapply that to the situation and not say not feel bad for walking away for myself you know yeah. what i mean because that was the next immediate situation was oh should i have done that you know what i mean mm -hmm. and i was like no he said i don't have to do that i said <laughs> he said I, I i don't have to feel guilty for choos choosing my mental health right. and choose, you know so um yeah, yeah that was that was everybody else is doing everyone else is choosing themselves for real and, but and you know me yeah I, people I'll like us tripping. we yeah. tend to give ourselves maybe more than we should yeah i know this past week it's funny because, well, it's not funny, but it's interesting because I've gotten calls from different friends that mm -hmm. have just kind of been at the break of a breakdown. Mm -hmm. We following it. It's, that was me, remember? It, yeah, you you were one of them. <laughs> I was. <laughs> it's just funny when I, um, I don't know, I enjoy it when I'm just talking to somebody and they're telling me what's going on and I'm just like, wow, like. I'm always humbled by it. Like, mm -hmm. Y'all trust me to tell me this stuff? Big facts. And, you know, it's just, I don't know. I'm always humbled by it. I'm he's always. he's very humble, but once again, shameless plug, we're going we gonna to recall you guys last week. Uh, Tony did launch his... Um, launch. his <laughs> Lost he did private practice. Yes, his private practice, practice. and that is a testament to your who you are as a therapist that people yeah. trust you and that people have that kind of um, um, confidence in who you are and the advice that you offer. So, um, I don't want you to well, step I into a posture. I don't. I don't offer advice. You all have the answers. You're I'm offering, just there walking the journey with yes, you. Yes, you, you offer quite a bit of helpful coping mechanisms um, and yes. strategies. Now, with my friends, I might give a little advice. Yeah. You know, may make some observations yeah. of what I see. Yeah, but, whether we know, want to hear it or not. Yeah, but, you know. Because I'd be like. Mm. You know, it's times when I need that. When I'm just like, okay, this is how I feel. And someone has to say, okay, Tony, well, you're looking at it this way. Have you ever considered this? 
And I be like, nah, Tony, because I don't like that. Yeah. I want to do it my way. Right. And then be sad and cry to you later. Right. <laughs> but, you know, you definitely, you know, when you talked about making a decision that's for you yeah. and dealing with the, the the people making you feel guilty for it. Yeah. Like, I, you know, we could definitely talk about this at a later time. But We can talk about it today. Well, I don't want to talk about this particular topic. Oh, okay. But, we can talk know, about that later. But, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever mentioned on this podcast, but, you know, I am a divorced father. And so being going through that whole process of divorce, you know, separation and divorce, sometimes, you know, with me, I know that I felt a lot of guilt with that. When, yeah. You know, when it was a decision that I had to make for myself. Right. You know, and I won't dive too deep into it, but, you know, when you talked about making a decision that is best for your own mental health. Yeah. Sometimes it's something that goes completely against everything that you, maybe you believe. Cool, child, you oh, speaking now. Maybe believe. And so it makes it that much harder and you feel that much more guilt. But having a good support system around you, making sure that you're, you're giving yourself positive affirmations to get through a day, um, and surrounding yourself with just positive energy can help you through those moments. And um, I think I think it's important also yeah. um, when you're making those decisions – to support you but also making those decisions because because it's best for you because a lot of times you can make decisions you making decisions because you're afraid of how you're gonna look or how you're gonna appear to another person or whatever the case may be but at the end of the day you you straight up miserable and now you faking the funk you being this fake and phony fraudulent individual and you're really not helping nothing you're not helping you you're not helping yourself you know what i mean you can't help another person if you're not helping yourself yeah. well, you're so miserable and, and sick and man exhausted physically and emotionally you know it only is going to negatively affect the people that are around mm -hmm. you you know so yeah you definitely have to sometimes you got to save people from themselves facts if, if they suck all the energy out of you then they're not going to get the best of you anymore sure you know? not so, you know but um so i'll go to the well okay so for me with that affirmation like i said the, the one about um hmm <laughs> no, saying no to what does not serve me. That was the one that probably spoke the most to me. Yeah. Um, and it's a constant reminder. Yeah. You know, uh, but to go on to the journal prompt of last week, the journal yes. prompt was think of all the things that, that are on your plate, what is in your control and what is not in your control. Um, and I definitely took a lot of time to meditate on that this week. Um, and... Hmm. It's been kind of tough, um, especially when, like I said, when you're looking at that thing on your plate and you're like, I have no idea who's, who this belongs to. You know? And how did it get here? Yeah, how did it did get here? Did they put it on here or did I put it on here myself? And, and so, and I know other people out there probably Man. feel that way too. Yeah. And so one of the things that helped me to decipher was, okay, what can I do about it? Yeah. You know, and by asking myself, what can I do about it? The things that I came up with, I was like, "Well, that doesn't change anything. That that potentially doesn't change anything. It doesn't it doesn't help me move toward any direction?" And so that was a deciding factor that let me know that okay, that is not in my control. Yeah. You know, and so I have to just do the best that I can and move on with it. You know, and you know what that statement that you just made. You mm -hmm. want to know why that was a difficult um, statement for me to comprehend this week? Because of the whole notion of, um, I, 
I just assume that all black people grew up the same way as me. But you know how when you grew up when you're a kid and you sit down to eat and you put stuff on your plate and your mama say, if it's on your plate, you better eat it. Uh-huh. That whole notion of just the whole topic of what is on your plate. Mm. You know what I mean? That yeah. whole notion of do I feel like I had to take these things on because it's on my plate, whether I put it there right. or my mama put it on there. You're going to eat these right. green beans. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, or why is it that I felt like I couldn't take things off of this plate? Wow. You know what I mean? Like that was T. I was like, baby, something is really wrong with me. Like yeah. I was this, this, this journal prompt, I feel like had me the most, um, stumped when I'm sitting back and thinking about it because of that whole notion of the things that are out of my control or the things that are on my plate that I did not put there that are not in my control or not you know how you, it's, somebody says it's out of your control. It's easy. It's out of your control. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like when you really think of when I really think about that those things for me it was like it's not that simple to just be like it's out of my control. It's irrelevant. Throw it away because you don't throw away stuff you put on your plate. Mm-hmm. You don't throw away. You don't. You eat everything that's on your plate because it's good for you. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> or you put it there. You know what I mean? And right. I wonder if. I applied that mindset to my mental plate. Yeah, think about all, all the people who grow up in families where yeah. everyone, like the mom, the grandmother, is taking care of everybody, who? everything. Yeah. And, and think of the effect that it has on you growing up, thinking that, okay, I have to be the provider for my family. Mm-hmm. I have to be the one who takes care of all the bills. I have to be the one that takes care of this family member when they get sick. I got to be the one to provide shelter for someone who's out on the street. I have to be the one who is making sure that so-and-so, everybody goes to their doctor's appointments, mm-hmm. dentist appointments, and, you know, and, and all the stress that that brings. And it's like a continuous cycle sometimes. You know, and so taking a moment and saying, okay, what's, what is my stuff? Because sometimes it's harder for people to know this because you've been brought up your whole life thinking that that is your stuff. Yeah, everything on that plate is yours. Yeah. I don't care if I made the plate. Yeah. It's on that plate because it's I on, felt like it was good for you. Yeah. And and then when you realize that that ain't always right. Mm-hmm. And so you have to come up with boundaries. Bruh, like. <laughs> you got to come up with boundaries and identify what's, what's yours and what's not Man, yours. you have to come up with, because people, cause people will bring you stuff, like family will bring you stuff. Um, I have a friend who um, family um, brings a lot of, to their plate. In particular, yeah. And um, when that family brings the stuff to their plate, and this friend creates that boundary, you know what I mean? Um, it's always met with that family member saying, "This is family. This yeah. you're supposed to do this because this is what family does." You right. know what I mean? That that opposition of you can't. How dare you remove this off of your plate? Right. You know what I mean? And it's like I don't know if that's a black thing. I don't know if that's a people thing or if that is like a problem in our community. I think it's big in any collectivist community. Yeah, because it's like because it happens in Hispanic communities, yeah, you right. In Asian communities, yeah, African American communities, or Bosnian, Bosnian, yeah. yeah, where where everyone is a sum of a whole. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely think that that happens a lot. Um, but you know, and I've worked with clients that have the pressures of their household on their backs, and they didn't ask to they didn't ask to carry it. 
but they just were just inherited this pressure. And so, yeah, it, it, and it's harder, especially when you're younger, because you don't even feel like you're an adult yet. You feel like you can't even say anything. You, Man. You know, it's, it's adults that feel that way. They have this child complex with their parents where as soon as they talk to their parents, they feel like a little kid all over again where they can't speak up to them, you know, for any reason. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely a process, but I think coming up with your own, with your boundaries that for yourself, as well as identifying the things that you have control over. Yeah. Though it's, though a daunting task, I think that alone will help move you in a positive direction. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, you know, pretty deep journal prop, but I think it was really helpful. And I hope that everybody out there has had a chance to look at the journal prompt and, you know, uh, meditate on it themselves. Hopefully you came up with something that really helps you. Maybe you came up with something that really helps someone else that you love that you can pass on. Um, either way, I'm glad that everybody took a chance to just to look into that Yeah. and try it out. Yeah, for real, for sure. And don't feel like just because you have a journaling prop and we have a different one um, every week um, that you can only visit that journaling prop every week. Because this one in particular, I think that I might revisit multiple weeks. Yeah. Because I feel like it's a... Yeah, I I might need to run this one a couple of times. (laughs) A couple of times over. Because I feel like it's something that I have... I really have issues in, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's like a, uh, that's a big one for me, yeah. you know, in particular. So, um, so yeah, any journal improv, you have every right to go back to it. It's not just like a one and done situation. You can always revisit anything that is speaking to you personally that um, you might need to uh, revisit. So, your boy was back in the news Oh, Lord, which boy, which one, which one? Mr. Steve Harvey. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, funny thing is, I he do was not. back in the news for a clip that happened years ago uh, where he was talking about platonic relationships. Mm. And the, he mentioned that it's impossible for men and women to be just friends. Oh, Steve, Steve, Steve. Now, his his thing was, a man is only a, a friends with a woman because a woman has made it plain and simple that their relationship is not going past that. Um, and so the man hovers around and hopes that when that woman cracks or has a weak moment that he can just slide in. I think that's ridiculous. Okay. You want to know why? So you disagree? I disagree because right. that's, first of all, that's, that's spreading the notion that um men that men it never can never that men never that every woman that is around a man that the man always wants to have something with that woman and that a man could never ever in their mind possibly just reject that woman or put that woman in that same type of category you know what i mean like when you're saying Oh, the woman has put the man in in this friend zone situation, and they're waiting for this. What if the man put the woman in that friend zone situation? Why, like, why, why is it always this one way situation? I know men who have put women in friend zones. You know what I mean? So I don't think that that is um, a legitimate point, and for that reason, and for several other reasons too. But that's my first reason. I don't think that's a legitimate point. What's, what's the other reason? 
my other reason. <laughs> you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. My other reason is, um, yeah. This? No, no, no. Um, my little doggy over there. Oh, my, what are you doing? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> doggy is having a... Uh, having a moment. Having a moment. <laughs> yeah. So my other reason is, I just feel like, I feel like it's ridiculous to say that men and women can't be friends. Me and you are friends. Mm-hmm. Me and you... Our friends, or, we're or, or we? we are friends. We are big. We're joking. <laughs> we are jokes. Ha <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand you. But we are friends. <laughs> we are business partners. I feel like it's ridiculous to to say that we that men and women are so driven by their loins that they can't yes. operate anything, <laughs> operate any other kind of way. That's just crazy to me. Loins. Like I can't be your friend unless we. Like what? That, that's that's that. I feel like that is a, a, like very extreme, mm. very very extreme. Okay. So I will say that. Oh, here we go. I. You agree with Mr. Harvey? I kind of agree with him. No, Teton. No. Now let me let me put a disclaimer out there. <laughs> In the clip, he said ninety nine point nine percent of men. He believes that this accounts for that. I don't know if I'll go that high, but I feel like personally, I am a part of that 0.1% or 0.01% because, and this only comes from my upbringing, because I was a boy who grew up around women. But a lot of black boys grew up around a lot of women so, in the matriarch, make matriarchal system. Uh, I don't know. I had a different upbringing where the women in my family and around me were um, I don't know. I don't know how I can describe it, but I just always felt a comfortability around women that wasn't sexual. Yeah. And so, me personally, a lot, a lot of my friends are women. Yeah. And and there's no attraction. There's no. My brothers wanting, are the same way. There's no wanting of the loins, if you yeah. will. Yeah. You know, but I will say this: I think that the majority of men out here. That applies. My yeah. brothers, my brothers are like you. Okay. They're like all of my brothers have female friends. Not they want to have sex with, but they are their female friends. My baby brother actually, he's married. He has female friends. His best friends are females. Okay. Went to, went through the Rockwood School District with him. He has known them his whole life. Never had a relationship with them or anything like that. And his reasoning for preferring female friends over male friends is because he feels like female friends have more to offer in in a form of a balance understanding with life you know what i mean with him being a male or like if he needs advice with his wife and things of that nature or whatever the case may be he feels like it's more um more um beneficial to him to sit down and talk to another female then it would be sitting down talking to his homeboys. You know what I mean? So, um, but things of that nature, you know what I mean? So when I hear that, it's weird to me. Uh, Maybe it's just weird to me because I'm used to the men in my life having female friends. Mm -hmm. So it's just strange that that is a thing in such a high percentage. Just what I've seen in my life Mm -hmm. from other people as well as relationships I've had in the past or a platonic relationship. I think that when you have a platonic relationship, and we say platonic is a man and a woman, 
Um, I think someone had asked a question on Facebook about why aren't men platonic? Why don't men have platonic relationship with other men? Well, platonic relationships were created. The term was created in a time where homosexuality was very taboo. Was it really? I didn't and, know this. I'm learning. And and so there was no thought that there was ever going to be a man on man relationship because that wasn't something that was widely accepted mm-hmm. at the time. And so it was exclusively meant to to identify a man and female relationship, a non sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. But back to what I was talking about, I think that in any kind of platonic relationship, there's always one person who is semi interested and the other person that is not interested. And I think that once really that person that is non interested becomes the slightly interested in the other person, I think now it moves from a platonic relationship to a sexual relationship. Automatically? I think that it has, not like, automatically, like, but I think that the, it has a high chance. What in the hyperdrive? Only from what I've seen. Really? You know, I think that there are men out here who will just befriend a woman until she's weak enough and he takes advantage. Weak enough? I think that there are women out here who befriend men until they have an issue with their girl and they try to squeeze in. Well, okay. So I do agree with that. That I feel like that does happen. Yeah. And so it, and it comes off as innocent. Yeah. But there's always going to be that attraction because most, a lot of women are attracted to men. A lot of men are attracted to women. And so you're not going to be able to really shake that instinct that's inside of you that, ooh, I'm attracted to that person. Even though we're friends, we can still be friends and still have sex. You know? I don't... You know I'm weird, so I don't understand Not that. Weird. I'm different. You're different. I don't even... I don't even think that's a real statement that you just made. What? To have sex with somebody and just still be friends? I have no understanding of that. That that has never... I have no understanding of that because that has never been... Um, Your reality? Ever. So I like I've never I've never had the friends with benefits the whole I've never never done that so I don't understand it I don't want to I don't I'm not a person like Steve Harvey to say it doesn't exist because it's just not my understanding because I don't understand that yeah. so that makes no sense to me that you can just have sex with somebody and they're just your friend that makes no sense to me yeah I normally. In, in my life, I've, if I've ever been intimately involved with someone, it was always under the guise of we're moving somewhere. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, we're just going to sit right here and just do that. Yeah. It was always like, okay, we're going to be moving to a different direction, to a further direction. Absolutely. And so I don't necessarily agree with that either, but like I said, there are a lot of people out here that do. who are just okay with, hey, we can just get together and then that's it. Right. You know, and both on both sides of men and women. And so... I agree with Steve Harvey when he talks about. I think you always agreeing about, with Steve. I I don't agree with him for myself, and I and there was a time where I had a problem with Steve Harvey because I'm like, man, every time he talks about there was a time I had a problem with him too on the verses. He just <laughs> he just makes me feel like I'm like, damn, like I'm not that type of guy, but he trying to make me out to be, and I have to realize that you know what, I'm different. Mm-hmm. I've always been different, and so right. I don't fit in his categories he talks about. But I know a lot of men who fit in the categories that he talks about. Yeah. And so that way I can agree with him in certain aspects. So yeah, I don't I don't believe that men and women can be just friends. I think that men and women can be just friends until the attraction levels meet. 
That's right. You don't think you can be attracted to somebody and be friends with them? Me personally, or you talking about in general? Like you, like you don't think that that's a a, a a reality? Like that that could be? Like you don't think that a woman could be attracted to the man? The man could also be attracted to the woman, and then they just remain friends. No. Why? I just don't think that's. I don't think that's how we work as human beings. But but here's but don't you, but have you ever heard of the whole? scenario of being friends first before moving into an intimate or still moving yeah but you're being friends first so i'm not putting emphasis on the move i'm focusing on building the foundation of friendship that's not a thing you don't think that's the thing but that's different than saying we're just friends and that's it like there's nothing there's never going to be anything that happens with us we just good and that's But it. what if that's not being said? What if none of that is being said? We're just, you're saying we're just friends because right now we're living in the now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, some people live in the now. We're not worrying about, oh, when are we going to get there? When am I? When am I? When is, where's my ring? When, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're just a person that focuses on where you are in the moment and you enjoy the, the moment. You don't think that two people can do that? Enjoy them. You can enjoy the moment. It's, it's kind of like if I'm attracted Say, for instance, you know, a man is attracted to a woman, a woman is attracted to a man, and they say, you know what, let's just be friends first. There's still the idea that, hey, there's something that could happen from this. Whereas, when you're talking about a platonic relationship, no one is thinking that, it, you know, in theory, no one is supposed to be thinking about any further relationship other than just friendship. You know? Right. Which I think is different. But if I'm attracted to you, and you're attracted to me, Girl, I'm I'm waiting to see when I get a chance. But I'm why is that the thing? Why why can't why can't it be that? Because we just not built it. We not. Well, I don't think that all men are. I think I'm not I, saying all men. But I'm saying I don't I'm think ninety nine point ninety nine percent of them. He was outlandish with that. I give I give men more credit maybe, than that. If I had to give a percentage, I'll say maybe not 80. that. 80 for real? 85? I give it 70. 70? I, I give more men. First of all, you have to realize all men don't even give a damn about women at all. Well, I'm talking about, we're just talking about heterosexual males. Okay, I give you 75. Women. Still 75. 75, okay. I don't, it's not, I don't think it's so as 25 high. 25% of us, 25% of us, you feel we can just have I honestly believe that. I believe. I honestly believe that because you have to think about it. Yo, I don't think your scenario is as unique as you think it is. I think it's unique um, to the scope of the other seventy-five percent. But I think that there are more people. You'd be surprised. There are more people who do value friendship and foundations. Yeah, I don't believe you know, they don't. You know what I mean? I'm just saying that I don't think. But this clown, this clown, your favorite. He is friend of the friend of the podcast. Steve Harvey, friend of the podcast. I don't have no problem. Listen, his book right over here on this bookshelf. I don't got no problem with uh, think like a woman. It's right on over there. You know what I mean? So I'm got no problem with Steve, (laughs) but he irks. He does irk me from time to time, and I will say if he irks me, and I will say if I don't agree with him, because I think it's important to uh, voice when you don't agree with somebody. You can like you can like a person and not agree with everything that they say. Look, Steve Harvey was involved in the turning point of my marriage. Mm-hmm. So I am, I have a fondness for him, even though I don't necessarily agree with everything he says. Definitely. Well, what was that? She's playing. I'm oh. sorry, y'all. All of this, all of this. <laughs> my, my dog Uh-oh. has her toys, and right now she is doing her thing. She's got 
Lord. She's got her toys and she's playing. I'm sorry. But yeah, so <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting. It, it was an old clip, but you know, it's always still relevant today. Uh, when we talk about relationships, because you know, relationships are just a hot button topic these days. So, you know, anytime there's any information from the past where we can sit and talk about it, I think it's great. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think that, the, you know, I've had. Honestly, I've had relationships, like platonic relationships, where I thought it was just, oh, we just good, we just cool, and later find out, oh, they were really interested. Mm. And my interest has never reached, never got higher than that. And so that's why I say I think that you, you have to always be, be aware of the people you're talking about, you're dealing with, you know, but, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll say 80. I'll, I'll say 80. I'll go up a little bit higher than yours. I'll say 80% of men are in that category that Steve Harvey talked about. <laughs> She's getting up in her toy box and pulling her toys down. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> my dog my is my very... Dog <laughs> <laughs> my dog ain't jumping. My dog I like Laxy. Laxy be relaxing. Eat and that's it. Little lady be over here turned up. <laughs> puppy. So, uh, but speaking of, um, are we done talking about Steve? One more. Oh, you, you got anything else you want to add? I already told you how I feel about oh, Mr. Hart. Mr. Hart. Mr. Hot Towel. Piggy, Mr. Hot Towel. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of that group they had? The Hot Towers. The Hot Tops? The Hot Towers. Is that what it was called? Yes. This man is so. Shut up, Sheree. I thought it was the Hot Tops. No, I don't think so. The Google it. Hold on, let me Google it. I think it was the what Hot was Towers. Steve, what was Steve, Steve Harvey's uh, group out there that had Ronald Ivey I think it was it Steve Harvey and the Hot Towers. Uh, let's see, Steve. Because his name was Steve Harvey in the show. In the, in the show, his name was Steve Hot Tower. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Was it? I thought yeah. it was Steve Harvey Steve, the whole time. Steve Hot It was called the Steve Harvey Show. Why was I his know. name Steve? Uh, singing group. Oh, my God. Steve Hightower and the Hot Tops. Hot Tops? Yeah, the Hot Tops. What was his name in the show? Steve Hightower. I really thought this man. When the funk hits the, the fan. All the people want to jam. Everybody get funky. funky. <laughs> oh, man. I used to love that show. <laughs> that was a good show. Seddy. Uh, Seddy. I always wanted a relationship like uh, Sid and Lamita. Really? Yeah, I, like they were just they just was I didn't like each other. I didn't like Sid and Levita, but I did like Over Overton and um Sinclair. Mm. You didn't like Overton and Sinclair. I wasn't a big Living Single fan. I love Living Single. Are you crazy? I watched it only because I didn't want to go to bed at night. Jeez, Living Single, Living Single was. Is, I wanted, I was waiting on New York Undercover to come. On. Have you seen it as an adult? <laughs> No. I think you should watch Living Single again. I know. Y'all put in the comments if y'all want to uh, peer pressure Tony into uh, watching Living Singles again as an adult. It's on, it ain't on TV. It's on streaming. So you can watch it right on streaming. Have to sit down and dedicate to No, you, you can just watch it when you're bored. Put on a different episodes. never get bored. Uh, you can I'm let it be background sleep. music while you uh, going to sleep. No. Yes. No, I, I just never, I never really, I mean, and also I was younger. And I just didn't understand it. I think I was in elementary school when Living Single was popular. Martin was funny because he of his I physical comedy. So I could I could watch that and follow it and just laugh. New York New York on the cover was pretty dope because it was like a thriller. Mm-hmm. 
and I follow that. Like, I don't I think don't, I watched New York Undercover. I, I did watch, I but I definitely did watch um um Law and Order. That was my job. Criminal Minds is nice too. And then I stopped watching it. But anyways, what's next on the docket? So, um, speaking about um liking a person but not liking everything that they have to say. Another person who's back in the news. Back in the news. Who Dr. Umar Johnson. Dr. Umar. Dr. Umar Johnson, Johnson uh, took a trip over to. Frederick Douglass. Yes, descendant of Frederick. Descendant of the great Frederick Douglass. Yes, he took a trip over to um, the Breakfast Club and um, had a discussion, released a brand new book, and had. Really? Yeah, he released really? a brand new br- book. Uh, a sequel to. <laughs> <laughs> a sequel to his first book, um, giving. Um, parents more information about how to um, be present for their uh, children's um, diagnosis in the school and what to do, giving them uh, sample letters to write uh, their schools back, how to interpret IEPs and um, different um, documents that um, may be written up against their child so that way that they are understanding what is uh, going on, how to look at a lesson plan for a a child and making sure that that child is getting everything that they need. I think that it's pretty dope, everything that is supposedly in this book. I'm saying supposedly because I Hmm. obviously haven't read it, just came out. Yeah, I didn't know there was a book. Yeah, so um, I think it's called Black Parent Advocate or something like that. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking it up now. Yeah. Oh, when, when was this article written? This is from 2021. Yeah, so um, Black Parent Advocate. Yeah, Black Parent Advocate. And um, that's the whole book. So I think that it's a really dope concept that he is using his um, his uh, degrees. He announced that he had six degrees, but he is using his degree. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He I was thinking about that. I ain't <laughs> He's like, my dad has so many degrees. He took my degrees. (laughs) Oh, man. Degrees. But, yeah. So, um, this interview was rather um, controversial. Did you watch the interview? I did. I watched the full interview. Okay, I did not watch the whole interview. I watched snippets. Okay, so... um, What were some of the key points? Okay. <laughs> so, because Umar go Umar. Umar, Umar is going Umar. Umar. And it's just, ah, like, you just want to. I wasn't feeling that outfit that he had on. I mean, you cozy. can't never feel the outfit. You it's a just big be... man. You got to keep it real simple. <laughs> you can't. He got the all these colors you... and symbols and it's just too much going on. You call, you bring more attention to your size. You got to keep it simple and The dark, things that you worried things. about. <laughs> Is the outfit. Saying. I was worried about so much more. Okay. Umar, like, Umar is going to Umar. So, obviously, the fixation upon um, what people do in their bedrooms and things of that nature oh. is already going to be there. You okay. know what I mean? He he made a statement about black, black men having the snow bunny crisis. Of, snow bunny crisis. Now, I think that's... educate our listeners on what that means. Listen, I don't know what it means. I'm just telling you what Omar said. So let's not... Okay. This is not in Kirill Love Guru's 
uh, philosophy at all. Okay. But um, he said something along the fact of um, black black men um, gravitating and feeling like they want to um, marry or uh, create legacy with everything that's not black. You know what I mean? Okay. And um, he didn't. I don't really think he really broke down what the crisis was, but he was saying that it is a big a big issue that is plaguing the black community because um you know um when it comes to marriage um you only have one in four black women that will ever touch the concept of marriage in their lifetime and of that one in four um I think he said 50% of them will be divorced yes, yeah. within four years yeah. of being married. And um, which is you know, five years. four or five, maybe four it was five. five. Yeah. And so, um, and that's crazy. You know what I mean? Being a married ex married person who has been through a divorce myself, you know what I mean? That's, that's crazy. But I, have known quite a few people who are married a lot of them divorced you know what i mean so it's you know you know statistics are statistics you know what i mean and you know like they say men lie women lie numbers don't you know what i mean so uh to a certain to a certain degree you know the numbers are there and uh it's alarming but at the same time as a black woman i would love you know, I personally um, am attracted to black men. I personally would love to remarry another black man. But I wouldn't want to remarry another black man because he felt obligated to marry me because I'm black. Okay. So I think that's where I'm like. So it sounds like the snow bunny, the snow bunny um, crisis is just black. Is it about black men dating black or marrying? Pe- black people. Or is it black pe- people. Black people, period. Because like yeah, because what he was saying was other p- portion of it. He was talking about how women, when women marry, they always marry up. Yeah. And so he was saying that even the educated women, they marry up. And he said, so you have a lot of black women who marry white men or Chinese or Latino, whatever. But outside of the race, and either way it goes, I think his his issue with it more so than anything was. No matter who the black person is, when the the legacy of what is being cultivated and created during that marriage agreement typically always goes to the other party. It goes to the other um, race. He did bring up Naomi Nasaka. N- n- how you say it, baby? Uh, is that the tennis star? Yes. Osaka. Yeah. yeah. He brought her up and he brought up how she's representing Japan in the Olympics and how she shouldn't have represented Japan in Olympics. Who should she she have represented? He felt that she should have represented Haiti because her father is Haitian and her father is the one who taught her how to play tennis. Where did she live? Where was she from? She's from Osaka, but, I mean, from um, um, Japan. Japan, But he was, he also brought up, because Envy brought up that that, that point that She's representing Japan because she was born in Japan. You know what I mean? And he was like, well, take a white Jewish man who was born in um, South Africa. If he um, was to play in the Olympics or do something in the Olympics, what would he represent? 
South Africa. And Envy was saying that he would most definitely represent Israel because he's Jewish and because that's where his nationality is is tied to. This is what this is the conversation. Okay, okay. I'm not saying you believe it. I'm saying I'm trying to get That's fill what, you that in. Was his, that was his mind. That was his. That okay. was his point of view. Okay. And so he's saying, you know, obviously Umar believes one drop of black blood, Plessy versus Ferguson, makes you black. You know what I mean? Yeah. So obviously your allegiance should be to whatever your black um, 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 genes yeah, tie to. And what? And I understand. That, and you know, for me at first, I was like, who gives? Who gives a crap? You know what I mean? But then he went into this whole uh, diatribe about. Um, why it would have been better for her to represent Haiti. And when he, when he went into that, it made me think a little bit. You know what I mean? And, you know, you, know, you got to be able to suspend your mind about what you think about a person. When they present postulates, they really make you question your, your thought process. Because a lot of times we can go over the engine and be like, I hate this person no matter what. No, they could be they could be Jesus reincarnate and I still will hate this person because I hate you no matter what. You know right. what I mean? And so um, what he was saying was that her representing Haiti could have did a lot to bring attention to Haiti as a country. To um, that could, especially since she's such into social activism and just justice and things of that nature, with Haiti um, um, suffering so much at the hands of France and Britain and all of this stuff like that, and they're still, it could have brought a lot of light to Haiti as a culture. Yeah. Could have helped them with their rebuilding their economic because of her platform. Yeah. I understand that point of view. You know what yeah. I mean? So, you know what I mean. It's like a thing. It's like you have to. It's with with Umar. You have to balance emotions with facts with him. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like because you emotionally pissed off about some of the stuff he say, and then some of the stuff he say be factual. So you be like, well, sometimes people take facts. <laughs> well, and I, I'm not saying I don't agree or disagree with him. I'm saying. Right. In terms of like people like Dr. Umar who are theorists in a way, mm-hmm. they have factual information and they can take those facts and, and them. put them in a light to where it it goes with their point. Absolutely, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're right. Absolutely, it just means that they're taking factual information and they're using it to. We talk about that in the school. What's, uh-huh. what's, that, uh, um, what's it? What is the writing that we called it? Persuasive writing. Persuasive essays, right? yeah. You take some facts and you add your perspective mm-hmm. and ha- have your facts to support your perspective. Absolutely. It doesn't necessarily mean you're right. Absolutely. The facts are right. It doesn't mean that you're right. But I think but, I think what he is successful at doing is getting you to think. And, think and, and question your opinions about things, you know yeah. what I mean? Because then at that point, what I like the most about um, Dr. Umar is that even if you hate him, now you have to research to disprove yeah. what he's saying because you can't just be a jerk and be like, I don't like you because your name is Dr. Umar. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So it forces a person to think about the stances that they have, why they think the way that they think. And once you look at the facts, you look at what is there, you look at the facts that he is reciting and you read it for yourself, you, you can come to, you can see if your postulate still rings true or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you, yeah, I, I think 
With Dr. Omar, you have to understand that he's coming from the perspective of the advancement of black people only. Absolutely. Uh, not that we're better or greater than or more, but it's more so of he's for, he's pan-African, meaning he's all about African people. That's right. Um, and so everything that he talks about is only going to be for the advancement of us. And so once you understand that, then you can say, okay, he's Put it in that from mind. that perspective. Mm-hmm. But I think people like, one of the hot button things, like so, I've listened to him talk. He's come to St. Louis. I heard him when he uh, came to St. Louis too. The first time he came to St. Louis, I got his book over there too. I got That's his crazy. Book. Almost uh, everybody we talking about today, I got their book over there. I took, <laughs> took a picture with him. It was on my birthday actually. It was my 29th birthday, I believe, mm-hmm. 29th or 30th birthday. And I agree with some of the things he talks about. Like, I agree with you know, as a, a black man in the mental health field. I agree with his take on how black children are over medicated. Absolutely. And and aren't really taken care of in the Mis- hosp- and in the schools that misdiagnosed. Misdiagnosed, yeah. You know, and so I don't totally understand him on that. You know, when he talks about interracial relationships, I'm kind of both sided on that because part of me now I'll say before, okay, now as a as a black man who has black children, I only I would really want to just be with a black woman. Yeah. You know, and and so even when going out and dating, I really was only dating black women. Yeah. Um, but prior to children, it wouldn't have mattered to me. Yeah. You know, because for me, it was, I viewed marriage as, you know, you, you love. Who you, you love. love. Who you love, right? Yeah. If you fall in love with somebody of the opposite race, then that's what it is. But, um, but I also believe that people ha- have a hard time dealing with that because they do believe in. And love is love, and he's yeah. looking at marriage as not about love. He said marriage is not about love. Marriage is about it's a it's a business relationship, and it really is when you think about it. Because if it was about love, you wouldn't have to go to um, the government to get love. documentation, Shoot, and you wouldn't have to go to the government to get it get Ooh, documentation. The <laughs> involved in this boy, Lord have mercy. But that's what. But that's how you know that it that's is. What takes divorce. So long as the government involved. Yeah, for real. And even like when you go back into history, you go back into historical times about what marriage, how marriage started. It was to join nations. It was to join, yeah, join families, families together. Yeah, and build build riches and build legacies and things of that nature. And that really never changed. We just. Yeah, love is the byproduct. Yeah, love is just an extra. It's a cherry on top. You know right, what I mean? I don't need your love. Just go, just throw it back on me a few times. See, I'm not going to play with you today. Going back to your quarters, and I'll be there to see you tonight. That's why I was born in this era, because ain't no way. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. You know, and so I, I think Dr. Omar comes from that perspective. And so yeah. I can agree and not agree with him at the same time, only because I agree from his perspective. Right. I don't agree from my perspective. Right. But I can see why he would say that. Yeah. You know, but I can also see why people would be upset with that, especially if, because he's going to say some things that makes you be like, ooh, let me look at myself. Mm-hmm. And people don't like looking at themselves. No one wants to look themselves. in the mirror. And so people will, will easily go at the person that's making them do that than they will at themselves. Absolutely. And so I think that has a lot to do with people don't like, not liking to do And I heard people call him like, he's a racist. Yeah. And he's against white people. Like, no, he's just for black people. He literally said in there that he he don't he doesn't have any hate in his heart against anyone else. You know yeah. what I mean? Some people believe that that's that's uh, genuine. A lot of people believe that it's not. You know what I mean? Sure. That he's saying, yeah, of, was, you know, he said what he needs to say. You know what I mean? Not and so, like, 
look, it's black people. But I think that a lot of the stuff that he talked about in this particular interview uh, was very, it was very thought-provoking in a lot of ways. Like, there was, um, he brought up the conversation of um, police brutality and what we're dealing with right now. Yes. He said something on a clip that I was really like, wow. Yeah. So he talked about um, Biden in particular, the Biden administration. And what he said was, um, and everything that he said was true. True. You, you know, you can research it, and it's true. But it's almost like that situation, shotgun to the face. You don't want to see it. You don't want to look at it. But now somebody's putting your face in it. You know what I mean? So he was like, you know, day one, Biden um, was in office. He signed legislation to protect trans and trans rights. He said, you know, I have no problem with that. Yeah. I have no problem with him doing that. He said, but where I have a problem is that Biden came on the Breakfast Club, sat down with Charlemagne, DJ Envy, uh-huh. and Angela Yee, we and told, told black people that if you don't vote for him, you're not black. Not black. But still haven't done anything for black people. And also you added in about the whole Asian thing. When the Asian yes. Then he a, said. a mass shooting or something? So there was a mass shooting where eight Asian uh, was it at? where was it at? I think was it was in Atlanta, Atlanta okay. um, got yeah, uh, I think it was in Atlanta I think it was in Georgia but or at Florida one of the two but um, eight uh, Asians were killed um, it wasn't it wasn't at Atlanta and that was that was that sound bite when the police officer said he was having a bad day yeah you know what I mean foolishness but anyway so um, eight Asians were murdered and they pass a relief bill. Stop Asian hate. Yeah, Corona, old, Corona. Old, you know, yeah, and wh- when he said they passed that bill, and on, no one opposed, only right. one person opposed it. Mm-hmm. Only one person opposed it. Passed the first time around. They didn't have to re come back over right. and over and over again. Bill is passed. Right. That is a hate crime. Right. But when you talk about how many bills, when he brought up how many bills have been introduced into legislation for black people. You said 200. You said over 200. Over 200. And how the, they haven't even passed the Emmett Till one. Yeah. 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 And when he says the problem is that when Barack Obama was in office, the statement was made that Barack Obama could not make legislation solely for one particular group of people because that is un-American. And here Joe Biden has done that for two particular groups uh-huh. of people within his 100 days of being in office. He also brought up, he brought up this the thing about the different countries. And yes. How, um, a lot of it is stemming from, so you talk about Asia, which is, which is the largest, is it the largest continent? No, Africa is the largest continent, but Asia is a very huge player in our relations. Yes. You talk about Russia. We don't get along with Russia. Yeah. In China, we are trying to be buddy-buddy with China. China don't China want to China owns us, us, pretty much. But we're trying to get, be in their good graces. So yeah. anytime there's something that happens to a Chinese citizen, they're going to jump all over that because they want to make sure that we are in good with China. But also, he said something about um, China being the model you know, I've heard that quite a few. Them yeah. being the chi- uh, Asian, being the model uh, minority, and how you know, with the numbers, the birth rate numbers of um, Caucasian the decreasing the white population. Yes, and so they're trying to um, 
to uh, have an ally with the Asians to um, keep their population, their numbers, yes. and protect their white privilege, which, you know, you know, that's a that's a whole mouthful yeah. there. But, you know, he went on and on about all of that. But I really found it interesting um, because we do have an issue in the black community with holding politicians accountable to the things that they say that they're going to do or with doing anything for our community after they are elected. That right. is something that we have a problem with, period. No matter why do you why do you think we have this issue? What do we think that I think that we are very accustomed to um celebrating very little. Celebrating a conviction from Derek Chauvin. Jesus. But not a sentence. Celebrating um cel celebrating right. Celebrating civil rights but not um um human rights mm -hmm. you know what i mean celebrate we celebrate we celebrate mattering but yeah. not you know what i mean like we take the very we take the very minimum <laughs> of everything like just we ooh, just we be like ooh, i matter matter that's it that i matter not that my life is valuable not that it's a crime to Kill me. That just right. that you think that I matter. That's a celebration. Black lives matter with people they like, uh uh, all lives. Man. Dang. And then, you know, I forgot who said this. I don't know who said this, but I that I I don't think it was Umar, but it was somebody else that said that they found it very strange that throughout the whole situation with the Asians, you don't hear anybody else saying, Stop all hate. You only hear stop Asian hate. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And Nobody's everybody understands why we are saying that yeah. it's not a difficult concept to yeah, get. They get that. Oh yeah. Stop but, but if you can get that, you can get black lives matter. It's lives no, matter. you can get it. No. You can get it. You're choosing not to get it. You mm -hmm. can get it. Cause it's the same concept. If you can understand that we are saying stop Asian hate because Asians are being persecuted right now. That's yeah. why we say stop Asian hate. That's why we say that they're being persecuted because of the connection to or the to COVID-19. We understand that, so they need a little bit more the attention. First time been been, no, it's not. You know, too. So. No, it's not. What was it? Swine flu? That was another one. They was uh, messing with the Asians over that. Yeah, even thinking back, even thinking further back to the World War II, when they had yes. those Asian Jap concentration camps, Japanese internment camps. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yep, yep. So you mean, but but you know, America gets when we say stop a Asian hate. Yeah. Right? If we say Black Lives Matter or stop killing us, you know, people police killing us. Oh no, we, we we get all these all lives matter or blue lives matter. We get all these. What is a blue life? A, a life of a blue person. What's that? Who's a blue person? I don't know. It's a a blue life is not a thing. Your occupation is not your life. Right. Yes. Please stop a saying blue that. Line. Please stop saying that. Yeah. Please stop saying that. And we've discussed this on the last podcast. We know several. Officers, but we also understand that their lives are not blue. Yeah. Their profession is a police hear, you officer. Only hear blue lives matter when Black Lives Matter is brought up. Right? When? Where was the blue lives mattering when y'all had y'all had my boy trying to stop all of y'all from the insurrection? My one boy in there. What was the the black black security guard? Y'all didn't give a damn about his life or y'all was it's about when they when they stormed the Capitol. Yeah. With the insurrection. Yeah, and then what about what about the blue lives battering when they actually killed the police officer? 
police officer died. What about they the Blue Lives Matter? That man did not die. I just, I'm so tired. Yeah. I'm tired of it. Yeah, you know, but was there anything else in the Dr. Umar interview that you found interesting that maybe wasn't shared on the the hot the hot uh, takes? Hot topics, hot takes. Um, uh, la, 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 la. Let me recall. It's an hour interview, so let me. Y'all might have to watch it. It I, was I really good. I definitely love hearing them talk. Um, he definitely always has some very interesting things. I follow him years ago, probably 2014, when he was doing just regular lectures. Yeah. And I used to love the way he talked about things. I love that he was. I like the lecture, and I don't I like the debating on Instagram. I hate that. Yeah. It, it, when he did the lectures, he was always very understanding and empathetic yeah. to people, even though they agree, disagree with him. He would always be kind. He'd be mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry, sister. He'd be like, this is this is why I don't believe you know don't agree with you. Just hear yeah. me out. Hear me out. And so I like that. You know I don't know. He's who he more is now. like he's more like that in this interview. Okay. But even what he does first, even in the first Dr. Umar interview in Versus, he was of course. But what I don't where I strayed away from Dr. Umar because he go live every five minutes. I've when he go listen, don't don't go on there. Don't what do he, it. What did we talking? He be talking what foolish it, or something. Today he went live. He went live today talking about some um. How he need two queens. He don't want nine queens. He just want two. Oh, so I'm talking about the, uh, what are you talking about? He was talking about the Micaiah Bryant situation. He talked about, he talked about that on but the Breakfast went, Club also. But then also. he went to talking about, uh, he needs two women. Yeah. But he was talking about, oh, being a, he was talking about Kevin Samuels. Oh, and he was I talking about that. being an alpha male and how he's like, an alpha male by nature cannot be monogamous. That's what he said. Oh, and I was like, wow. Really? That's that's because like, an alpha male is satisfied. He his desires have to be satisfied, you know, by multiple people. But I just feel like this is where this is where this is where Doctor Umar, is in in um and uh Steve Harvey are one and the same. Don't throw Steve Harvey in. No, this is where they are one and. But this is I got both of them books over there. This is where both of them are one and the same. When you make blanket statements for the entire male, I, I don't I don't agree with that. I have issue with that. I, 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 I take issue with that. And for you to use your platform and say that all men are this way, and if they're not, apparently they must be a beta man. Because only alphas, al- all alphas don't want to be uh, monogamous. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how I, I feel about that. I have a that. different definition of what an alpha male is. I, I don't have any clue. I personally believe that an alpha male is someone who takes care of their business. Yes. They have options, but they still choose to be loyal to one. Yeah. You know, when it comes to women, like yeah. I, I don't feel like that's a beta male. I don't either. I feel like a beta male, and it's funny because every time you hear someone say a beta male, it's always talked about as a negative, nasty thing. Like, oh, them beta males were over there. It's like, dang. You know, but I look at a beta male as probably somebody who needs... Nurturing, they more need nurturing. nurturing. They need, you know, validation. They need, they're they're in direct need of a woman to to complete. I them. I agree with that. So I have a philosophy to where I believe that all children are beta males. I'm sorry, what? All children are beta males. Okay. And beta females. Okay. So like, uh, say I have a son, I would perceive my son to be a beta male because he is um learning still he is growing into his 
own. You know, he still is acquiring, nurturing, mm. and things of that nature. He cannot move on his own. So some people never grow out of that. You know what I mean? And that's where you get this beta situation. You know what I mean? But a lot of, uh, um, but just because you start as a beta male does not mean that that's that that's who you are and you just can never be anything different because I believe that all children, it don't even matter if you claim you're alpha male. Now you weren't an alpha male when you were a child because mm -hmm. you was, you was, you was subservient to your, to your, to your mother. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I feel like if we understood, like we make it like you're saying such a negative situation when really, if we say, okay, this man is a beta male. Okay. He's a beta male. All right. Let's see what nurturing he's still seeking in order for him to heal that part of himself so he can move on to the next step mm -hmm. and, and feel confident enough to be the leader that he is created and crafted to be in this world. Mm -hmm. Instead of doing that, we want to, we want to do be the pettiest petty of the petty and, and just have beta versus alpha all damn day. Mm -hmm. And it is solving nothing. You know what I mean? And I just feel like, I feel like real alpha men don't even get into those types of debates because they ain't got time for that. What am I sitting up here talking about what this man is doing for? It ain't got nothing to do with my business and what I need to handle for my family. Nothing to do with me. I don't care what you call me. It exactly. exactly. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, alpha, oh, I'm a beta. Okay. What's next? Yeah. I'm a gamma, bro. I'm a gamma man. <laughs> okay, school days. Was it? Was it? Repping Thetis. 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 I'm a beta man. Nah, you gamma. G5G. G5G. Broke, five, broke. Yeah, I thought that was just it's funny because I've heard that conversation a lot over the last two years about alpha males and beta males. And same thing with women. I think it's I mean, I think it matters more. You know, OK, it's I'm there's some bias in this. But I feel like that conversation matters more to men than it does women. But I guess in this day and age, being an alpha female is a thing because you have a, the rise of. You know, supremely independent women. So here's the thing. I don't agree with the current termina terminology of an alpha female. And what is an alpha female? So uh, a lot of people claim that alpha female are aggressive and, you know, super feminist and super... Um, I don't need no man. I got my own, you know. And alpha female? This is what people say. I think that it's the, quite the opposite. I feel like that that is very beta in nature because when you think about um, little girls, you know, in their rebellion, you know, because we <laughs> we all go through that rebellious stage in our in our teens. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's it's a very spoiled. Um, I do what I want to do type of mentality. And a lot of people who move in that I don't need nobody else. I do what I want to do type mentality. It's very childlike, in my opinion. I feel that um, that's very beta. I don't feel that that's alpha in any sort of way. I feel that alpha alpha women are um, are very uh, in more in control of their emotions than that. You know what I mean? Like um, I don't know. I think it, I think that it's the opposite. I think that it's it's um, a very superior woman trait to be able to. Um, control your emotions and um, work well in um, a relationship with another individual. So while being independent is important or whatnot, 
I don't think that it is. I don't think that I feel that people just pair the male traits and they don't feel that it changes from gender to gender. Okay. And go ahead. Now I was reading something on ebony.com and it says, um, alpha women desire a strong masculine alpha male. However, alpha males are usually attracted to the opposite of themselves. They want a woman who embodies feminine energy. And that's why I think that alpha women are feminine, are super feminist. No, feminine. They're super feminine? I think the real alpha women Okay, so you're flipping it. I think that they have it backwards. I feel that because alpha, what does alpha mean? Alpha means top of the... Superior, best, the best of the the class. Uh So the best of the class for a man would be what they're describing an alpha man is. The best of a class for a woman, like the most, the the best woman, like the perfect woman, it wouldn't be what they're claiming an alpha is. It would be what a feminine woman is. I guess if you look in nature, the alpha was always the most aggressive. It was always the strongest. It was always, you know, the person that didn't take anything from nobody. You know, and the alpha female, and the alpha female was always the most fertile, the most nurturing. That's the alpha female. That's the choice. That's the one that they want to choose. The one that can provide. Like the like yeah, the, the queen bee. Had, she had the qu- everybody. The queen bee. Everybody bee. worked for her. That's right. You know, and also in some species, and uh, this is going off the rails right now. <laughs> <laughs> some species. Y'all should know at, by now. We're going to talk about it. I was looking at a documentary uh, about this spider. I don't know the name of the spider, but basically, like, during mating season, the female spider was, like, it's bigger than the male spider. Uh-huh. And the male spider would try to do a little dance to get the female to mate. And if the female didn't like that spider, it would kill it. See, anybody got time for this? So, like, mating with that female spider was life or death situation. But that's only some species. It was just this yeah. specific species of spider mm-hmm. or arachnid, whatever you want to call but it. But, you know, in when you talk about ecology and you talk about um, uh, nurturing, I mean, not nurturing, but um, um, survival, of survival fitness, of fitness, fitness, fitness and whatnot, um, it's based off of that. Like, the woman chooses who they mate with. True. And um, because that mating is yeah. everything. The man pursues. The man pursues. The male pursues. Yeah, but that mating but the is woman the reason why. Yeah, the reason why she can choose is because she has the ability to produce offspring. That mating, that she has that ability, that nurturing yeah, everything. She has, she has the ability to to produce them the males. Lineage. Right. She not choosing because she can fight like him. Do you see what I'm saying? So yeah. that wouldn't that is not what makes her the alpha in this situation. What makes her the alpha is because she has the she has qualities that he doesn't have. She can offer him something to his legacy that she that he cannot offer himself. Yeah. And yeah. that's and that's just my that's so just, just my perspective. You're it from like, that's my so I, your definition of a beta female is an alpha alpha female. And your definition of, yep. of an alpha female is a beta female. Yep. Okay. That's what I honestly believe. Okay. But you know the world believes. But I'm the same thing for alpha males. Huh? What about alpha males? I feel that like the same situation. I feel that alpha men are the protective providers. What they have right now is more so better, closer to what alpha men is. You do have some people who be like alpha men are super aggressive. I don't think that all alpha men are super aggressive. Ain't gotta be with with alpha men. (laughs) It's not really about aggressiveness. It's really about. Um, being independent and not looking for 
or Steve Harvey's three P's protection, profession and providing. Yeah. Being able to do those things. That's what makes you alpha is because you can cover your family. You know what I mean? And what makes a woman alpha is that she can nurture the covering of the family. There are people who believe that alpha men do not marry. I don't believe that. They don't believe in marriage because marriage. You literally marriage have been married. No, I'm just saying. You're I literally an alpha I man. I have more no than idea one way. I'm Tony. You are an alpha man in more than one way. I don't get involved in this conversation because I do not give a damn. <laughs> but like some people believe that you know, some men believe that marriage only support is only beneficial to the woman, and so a man that gets married is. is <sighs> Is automatically a beta male. I also believe that everybody who is spearheading <laughs> that conversation is very beta. Oh my goodness, I have no idea. I did. I would. I became an adult and learned about this stuff because so. it's like so many people. They trying to shame people into this whole alpha beta situation. If I if I just tell people that they're gonna be beta if they do things that they're supposed to do, I think it do. stems from a lot of hurt. I think it that, does. I think that there are men out there who have Somebody been wronged by them. women. And they, instead of taking it and saying, you know what, I'm not going to carry that on to the next person, they said, <laughs> you know don't... what, F y'all, I'm doing what I want to do. I ain't let, I ain't falling for no girl. I'm putting my heart, I'm throwing, I'm putting, I'm tying it to a chain of bricks and throwing it in the ocean. You'll never get it again because you broke it. People, people don't take time in between relationships. They jump from one relationship to the next, mm-hmm. and they don't understand why when they jump from this one relationship to the next that they aren't healed enough to Look at that person for who they are instead of your hurt. People look at people through hurt lenses. Side note, uh, y'all can't see this, but uh, Inkiru is. I have is, nervous tics. She has uh, some incense burning and like the ashes, and she's like chopping the ashes up like coke lines. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? You this is not. This? Listen, this is this is no she different is than kinetic sand. Putting in lines. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, so, what is happening though? Okay, days? okay, so so here's the thing. When I talk, I have a nervous tick. I got this from my mother. Oh man. Shout out to moms. I got this from my friend mom. Of the yeah, friend of podcast. <laughs> so like I have to do things with my hands when I talk. Typically I will doodle. doodle. I will doodle or, or uh or draw or do something, but you know, I like to um do things with my hands when I talk. It helps me stabilize my mind and my thought process. Okay. Um so this, it's like kinetic sand. Don't let him tell yeah, you. It's not no yeah. dago coke line. Shut up, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> you my nerve. It just looked like that. I'm like, she got it in a nice little line. <laughs> but yeah. Side question. Yes. What I got, you, I got you, one more story, too. Okay. Don't forget. Go I ahead. got all. Yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I had thought of a different story, but, you know, we can say you, We can do it. We listen. Um, we still got good time. We got a couple of minutes. So, what do you think is the better. Cause we both Michael Jackson fans. Oh, I'm finna fight you. What do I you can't... feel is the better album, Off the Wall or Thriller? I can't pick. I can't pick. We have had this conversation several times before. <laughs> I just thought of this randomly earlier. You wanna know why I can't pick? Cause every time when people say better album or whatever the case may be, I think of the other album not existing at all, and I just can't. I can't do well, this. No, they still exist. Let me see. I'm gonna pull the track list for both of them. Oh my god. All right. Yeah, I love MJ. His uh his death anniversary is coming up real soon. Yeah, in the summertime. I think he died in July, right? June. June. I remember I was at work when he when I found that out. Okay. So, off the wall. It was um 
This album was in 1979. Hmm. Jesus, I wasn't even born yet. That's right, but we know right. about it. Cause Don't stop till you get enough. You can't. Working day and night. Off the wall. Oh, wait, let's go back. Uh, one, two, rock with you. That's my rock favorite Harley Davidson of all time. Listen, don't stop when you get in the Three, Working mean. day and night. Four, get on the floor. I don't think I've ever heard that one. Nope. Five, off the wall. Six, girlfriend. Seven, she's out of my life. Eight, I can't help it. Um, nine, it's the falling in love. And ten, burn this disco out. Solid songs, right? Mm-hmm. So let me go to Thriller. I think I'm going to pick in Thriller. As I'm looking at the list, I might pick through it myself. Wanna be starting something. Baby, baby be mine. Baby, y'all. The girl is mine. The girl is mine. Thriller. Beat it. Billy Jean. Human nature. PYT. Lady of my life. It's gotta be thriller. thriller. Because you it's can't thriller. you there's I, I can't no even, skips there. There is no, no skips. skips. Cause I'm looking at off the wall and I'm like, well, I ain't never heard it get on the floor. Uh, girlfriend. I don't know if I've ever heard that one. If I did, I don't remember it. She's out of my life. Wasn't really my biggest song of his. I can't help it. I like that. It's the falling in love's cool. Burn this disco out. Eh. Rock but with you. Go, is, rock, rock with, with rock you. with you is the crown jewel of this. That album. rock with you is so good. That working Girl, that night. Close your eyes. Yes, yeah, my jam. Listen, you ain't rock with you is such a good song, it's, and it's such a basic video. It's such a it's bop. Amazing. It's such a bop. Feel I love it, but yeah, Thriller, Jesus, this is, this is amazing, so this is an amazing album, yeah, I don't even know why I even brought this question up, Thriller <laughs> is good, man, I never really looked at the album, I've never looked at the, the albums, yeah, I just knew songs, yeah, I know what album they were on. like, what's the, um, what's the one where he's got, uh, Leave Me Alone, uh, um, that's the Dangerous album, right, what's the one that he got Remember the Time on, oh, that's, uh, do you see what I'm saying? I think that's dangerous because it's the one. Don't stop, baby. Because he was on a, he was on a, on a roller coaster. Okay. Uh-huh. So the dangerous album, Jam. Jam. Uh, why you Why you want to trip on me? Why you want to Why you want to trip on me? Why you want to trip on you? Me. I feel like I know this. In song. the closet. Okay, I need to go back and listen to this album. What was he talking about? <laughs> she drives me wild. Remember the time. You, you. Can't let her get away. Heal the world. Beautiful it, song. Listen. Black and white. Listen. Who is it? Give in to me. Will you be there? Keep the faith. Gone too soon and dangerous. Yeah. That I don't ain't know. the album with uh, uh, Leave Me Alone on it. Leave Me Alone. Huh, well, I, I thought that was a dangerous album because I remember the roller coaster on the on the video. Is the name is the name of the song "Leave Me Alone"? Yeah, "Leave Me Alone, okay, hold girl." Hold on. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. My brother Jackson, here we go. Um, just stop it. Just stop yeah, following me around. It was on the bad album. Yeah, that was a good album too. Ooh, hold on. <laughs> See, I'm on one a whole Michael Jackson bad album. I'm bad. I'm bad. You know it. Was that on that album too? Yeah. Yep, oh, well. Uh, uh, the way you make me feel. The way you made me feel. Speed Demon, Liberian Girl. Yes. Just Good Friends, Another Part of Me, Man in the Mirror, 
Yes. I just can't stop loving you. I love that song. Yep. I just can't stop loving you. I love Man in the you. Mirror. Dirty Diana. Oh. Smooth Criminal. Smooth Criminal. Leave Me Alone. Yep. Streetwalker. Uh-huh. Streetwalker was good, too. That was a good album, too. This is why Mark Jackson is the most amazing artist of all time. <laughs> That's why I said I'm not picking. It's so many great albums. It, it's, he didn't miss. This was in 1987. I know. Jeez. Just stop it. Man, amazing. So what's your th- next topic? So the next topic, no I'm finna puzzle everybody on here. Puzzle me. OJ Simpson. Okay. And Donald Trump. All right. Tag team versus Boosie Badass and LeBron James. Boosie Badass. Okay. How does this pair together, you ask? And Trump. You said Boosie and who else? Boosie Badass and LeBron James. Oh, man. You want to guess before I give sure, it to you? Go for it. You want, nope, I don't want to guess. You only want to guess? No okay, so this this LeBron James is, is under fire for tweeting out your next accountability with a picture of the officer that killed Makai Bryant. Makaya Bryant. I thought it was the female officer. Mm-mm. He killed uh, no. Dante. He did that too, but he texted. Okay, okay. He this is recent, okay. so he texts your next uh, and put 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 that out. Yeah. And hashtag accountability. Accountability. Okay. So then Donald Trump, and we all know Donald Trump is banned off of everything, even Pinterest. Damn it. Really? He, he is. Why so quiet? He banned. They banned, they him, banned off, him off of everything. He like not no suspension for like days. he's not even on he's banned like he's not even again. on he can't even get on Google wow. email <laughs> like he banned he's banned off Pinterest he can't even pin nothing what is he doing his life uh, so apparently he's creating his own app okay but he is not gonna stop Donald Trump for saying what the hell you want to say because Donald Trump put out a memo on his presidential letterhead <laughs> scolding LeBron James. About speaking about the situation, telling LeBron James that he should not speak on matters that have that he has no understanding. Huh? Pretty much. So well, here when we Donald Trump get back out here and can tweet <laughs> and can say stuff again, it's gonna be like when when somebody re- like a favorite rapper retired <laughs> and they came back with a new album. Like, oh snap, I'm about to get back. Like everybody gonna be waiting to hear what Donald Trump got to say. When they said Donald Trump, I said, How? Like you sent a telegram. Like you sent a telegram just to be messy once again. <laughs> it's so so <laughs> Donald Trump said what he said. You said what I said. And then OJ Simpson OJ made a video on Twitter and doubled down behind Donald Trump for a certain Okay, and OJ. said OJ Simpson pretty much told LeBron James that he should have waited before speaking up about social justices until you know more about the situation. And um, and he Not said, bad information. Well, you have to understand this is, did happen in Ohio, and we yes. all understand being from St. Louis. If anybody gets shot, poor Nelly can't have his life. Where's Nelly? Nelly should be here saving St. Louis. You know, oh, so you know. You know how they do LeBron James when anything has to do with Ohio. You know what I mean? Yes. So he would have been damned if he did and damned if he didn't. Yep. Let's just be real. So um, OJ Simpson goes on this rant about how LeBron James should just, he goes, ah, I love the brother. 
I but, love the brother. But, you know, he probably should have just stayed out of this, you know. Mm. I understand. I love what he's doing, social activism, blah, 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 blah. But he should have, you know, I think he got this one wrong. He should have stayed out of it, blah, 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 whatnot. So then another banned individual, Boosie Badass, because you know he is he banned. banned. He is banned off of um, Instagram. Really? For what? For um, his um, infamous lives where he has asked several women to show him their titties. For, uh, he, uh, he wanted to show the titties? For money. And oh, man. he got banned off Instagram sometime last too, right? year. Of course. Oh, so man. this happened some sometime last year, whatever the case may be. He got banned off Instagram. So another banned individual has spoke out, and this time in response to LeBron James. I mean, in uh, re, 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 uh, defense of LeBron James. Oh, okay. So basically, he scolded O.J. Simpson and told O.J. Simpson he needs to shut the hell up, and that how dare he say anything about LeBron wanting to speak out for his people when O.J. Simpson should be in the forefront of speaking out for his people because it was a black lawyer that got him off. It was a black, it was a black, the black community that stood behind him, and he should be the last person speaking about anything when it comes to somebody stabbing anybody with a knife. So, so, there's that. Sorry, no, Boosie be talking a lot, but he wasn't talking on that hot box. Nah. With Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear Boosie on the getting get ant with people, I'm like, you wasn't you didn't have the energy with Mike Tyson. <laughs> Boosie basically said Boosie basically kind of low key threatened um, OJ. OJ. And so OJ kinda backed down a little bit. You know, and um, yeah, so you know, just mess and mess in the mess in the uh, in the in the social media, social media, social media. Um, but it 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 made me think about um, the overarching topic of today's podcast black males' opinions. Mm, the black male opinion. You know what I mean? There was three different black male opinions in this situation, and all three of them were censored in one way or another. Boosie was censored from Instagram. He was banned from Instagram for being Boosie. Um, uh, LeBron was censored by OJ as well as by Donald Trump. Did he take some of his stuff down? He did LeBron, take the tweet he down. He, yeah. he took it down because of that, because he said that uh, Donald Trump was basically trying to incite race and, and um, um, race, um, race, uh, what is the word? Racism. Race and race baiting um, with his tweet, and he that wasn't the intention. He was speaking on the system as a whole. It has nothing to do with race in particular. So the fact that he has to, but the, 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 this goes to my whole conversation of the black voice and the censorship of black voice. What is your opinion on that, being a black man? I think that. And you feel free to comment on the ridiculous story. I really don't have no comment on the story. Honestly, I think that when you are, so when we talk about um, the isms that exist in our, in this country, Mm -hmm. um, you have to always keep in mind sexism. Mm -hmm. So you have, you definitely have an issue between men and women and man, men being the dominant sex in in America. Mm -hmm. And also you talk about white, black and white, you talk about racism. And so when you, when you are a black man, 
Mm-hmm. You're in a very weird position because in some area you have privilege, in the other area you don't. Mm-hmm. And so when you have, when you are a black man, you have to really worry about what you say. Really? Because if you are black, if you are a man, mm-hmm. you can't come off as dismissive to women or, or misogynistic. You can't become off mis- misogynistic. Mm-hmm. And when you're black, you're they don't even want to hear your voice anyway. And so you have to be make sure when you talk Tight that rope. you have all your facts straight. You yeah. want to make sure you're not stepping on anyone's toes because they are looking for a reason to silence you. I hate that, though, because I think the black male voice is so important. I feel like it's a voice that is very um, policed. Yeah. And most of issues. Especially it brings me back to one of my favorite uh, NFL players, Marshawn Lynch, and how um, (laughs) he was in the height of his, you know, like the whole you speak when I want you to speak. You talk, you come to the stage and have conversations when I want you to have conversations like the whole puppeting, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, especially if you have any sort of platform, I feel that it's always a big deal about they want you to speak, but they don't, they want you to speak, but they don't want you to speak. Yeah, you know what I mean? They say what makes them feel good. Yeah. They want you to validate something. You know what I mean? And I just, I, I hate that. I hate that it's always a game. You see it a lot with athletes. You see it a lot with Musicians, you know yeah. what I mean? It's always this. Let me back you into this corner, ask you about, ask you a tough question, and yeah. see how how you respond to it. And based off of how you respond to it, that may be how you genuinely feel about yeah. it. You're going to be your livelihood is going to be, be so controversial because that's what makes me money. That's what gets my yeah. name out and there. And so, like so being what, you, what happens to you, right? Being a provider, you know what I mean? The man being a provider, it. I, I don't know because I'm not a man, but I presume that it becomes a, a um, juggling act that you have in your head. Do I stand up for what I believe in or do I walk the tight line to make sure that I don't lose my sponsors, I don't lose my livelihood or yeah. anything of that nature? And I think the, that you is... You don't get the luxury of being emotional. Yeah, I feel like black women, we have a little more luxury on that. We don't have as slightly, much, yeah. slightly, but I feel like that's our privilege a little when it comes to speaking out about certain things. When you think about social justice and things of that nature, black women don't nearly get catch as much flack um, who are on the, the main stage of, you know, whether it's acting or, or, um, or music or at, at athletics, when they speak out on social justice issues. Think about Naomi Osaka. She wore a mask with every with a black uh, slain person every day when she was competing. Think about Issa Rae. When they asked her when people were boycotting the uh, Grammys and the Oscar, and they asked her who she was going for, and she said, I'm rooting for everyone that's black. No one bashed her or took her sponsors or anything like that. Chris Rock had a good bit about that. Where Did he? Said, the more privilege you have, the more the less shit you can talk. Yeah. It's like the less privilege you have, the more shit you can say. Mm-hmm. So if you want to say more shit, you got to get rid of some of your shit. Mm. He's like, if you fat, if you skinny, he's like, what did he say? He said, if you skinny, you can't talk about fat people. Yeah, Fat people can talk about skinny people all day. Yeah, Make, and that, He's like, uh, uh, he's like, a skinny person called a fat girl fat. That's and it's just body mean. Shit. 
But a fat girl can say, call it a skinny bitch and all this stuff, and oh. they just laugh at it. Yeah. You know, and so it depends on your privilege. That's true. And so as a man, you have privilege, but as black men, you don't have it. And so that's why it's different. But for a woman, you're already a part of the less privileged group. Yeah, we, and as a black woman, you're part of the less privileged Yeah, we group. have two strikes against us. So you can say what, essentially, you can say whatever you want in a way. And I, and I think that that was something for me looking at these stories that I didn't, you know how sometimes you don't realize your privilege? Yeah. I didn't realize that as a privilege. Well, it's kind of shifting now. Yeah. Back in the day, you couldn't do that. Right, but right, of course. Angela Rye. But when you think about social activism and everything that's going on, majority of people who are leading leading the cause are black women. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, a lot of why that is is really because of our privilege. Yeah. We have the privilege to say what we want to say, do what we want to do, and our livelihoods are not affected by it. Mm. You know what I mean? Or if they are affected by it, it's not going to be to the detriment of what it would be for a black man. But if a black yeah. man says anything, any one sentence or whatever the case may be, you're talking about their whole situation being yeah. up. And I, you don't think about that. A lot. I think a lot of people don't take that perspective and really look at that. You know what I mean? And when they're saying, well, what, well, why don't you have a lot of black people, black men um, speaking on social issues? Because think about another example, Kaepernick. That man lost his whole livelihood yeah. for standing up for social justice. Right. So reality. Yeah. But how many female athletes did the same things? You have the, w, you have the WNBA who literally um, set out set out um games and did all they did all of this stuff but lebron yeah. says one thing and it's yeah you know they're looking for a reason to you know LeBron. what i mean and LeBron, i so far has had no issues yeah you know ain't no ain't no cheating scandals well it's because he's an alpha man but i digress what that mean remember you were saying umar said the alpha man had to have multiple women and i said that wasn't true yeah. And this is why I feel like it's not true. I feel yeah, that he's I mean, an alpha man and he out, takes at least. I don't you know. think I don't think LeBron is nah. I, I don't know. I don't nah. know the guy. I would hope so. He seemed like a great family man, whatever. But you know, I think that people are looking for and he has so much power in the NBA. He's a huge figure. He's an ambassador. He's a global mm -hmm. ambassador for the NBA. He's the most recognizable face in the world. Yeah. They're looking for a reason to get him out of there. But they always he, he controls where he goes, how much money he makes. He's talking about owning teams. But that's no different than any other black man. But that's what we we were talking about building legacy and building infrastructure yeah. for our community. Like Umar was talking about, this is that's what a black man does. Yeah, a black man is definitely the cultivator, the, the most important piece, piece of black economic. Yes. Um, you know, success. And then the black woman yeah. is, is is the most important piece to economic sustainment. Sustainment, yeah. And so if you can get rid of the, ma the black man, then you, there's then nothing to silence us. There's nothing to sustain. What can we really do? I just, I, I just, I never really paid attention to that until I really looked at that situation. Because even when Boosie was checking OJ, he was very limited. Well, he's boosy, so he's limited with his words anyway. But he was very, he was very careful about what he was saying. Like he kept he kept saying, You wrong. You know you wrong and you wrong. And the reason why I felt like he was very careful of what he said is because 
We know Boosie. Boosie ain't never careful about what he's saying. Nope. Boosie gonna be Boosie gonna Boosie. Boosie, uh, friend of the podcast. <laughs> That's right. Boosie gonna Boosie, just like Steve gonna Steve and Umar gonna Umar. Boosie gonna Boosie. Yeah. Okay. Boosie still wasn't talking like that with Mike Tyson, <laughs> but I still love you. I still would love to, to meet you and talk to you one day, but you wasn't talking like that to Mike. So with that being said, it's just like, I feel like, I don't know. I do. Do you feel like you have to walk on eggshells about certain things, or do you feel the freedom of speaking your mind about? Well, of course, I have to walk on eggshells. I can't say. I mean, honestly, I say you say we say you were catapulted to the level of a Doctor Field. You had a show, or like you were Steve Harvey, or something like that. Would you Tony feel? Gillen talk show. Yeah. Do you feel like your freedom that you have right now would alter any? So personally, I don't believe so because, I mean, I don't feel like I say much that's controversial. You know, I think a lot of stuff that I might say is common knowledge. Um, but who knows if I was put in a position where I was speaking to Because so that's when voices, they put you in the middle of stuff. Yeah, then it's like, okay, now you really got to be careful with your words because now people are waiting to write think pieces about you and get you out of here. Yeah. And so I can imagine being careful, being very careful with my words. But I don't know. I, I just I was just very curious about the male opinion and um because I don't especially this day and age when you talk about like the LGBTQ community. Yes. You have to be very and then as a I'm also a man who identifies with Christianity. Yeah. And so I really have to be careful if I was to be out in a major spotlight, mm-hmm. I really have to be careful about things that I say because you know, that could cause me harm, my family harm. Yeah. You know, me to lose everything. So. Absolutely. I will. I, w- I would like to highlight a different podcast that um, I watch quite a bit. And it is called I Am Athlete. And I think that this particular podcast is very dope because it has Brandon Marshall on there. Oh, He's kind of yeah, like, yeah, it's got Chad Ochocinco, Brandon Marshall. Um, oh, names is escaping me right now. Um, it's got quite a few of them on Channing Crowder. Channing Crowder yeah, yeah. And uh, who's my other boy? Who's my other boy? Um, not boy, man. The other one, I don't know who that is. Oh, you know him. Oh, what's his name? What's his name? I know Chad Ochocinco, Brandon Marshall, Channing Crowder, and there's another guy. Yeah. 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 Who he is. They call him the uncle. Like Fred Taylor. Fred, yep, that's his that's name. That's Fred Taylor. That's Fred Taylor. That's Fred Taylor. Yes. Heck no. Yes, that's Fred Taylor. Thank you. I, it was it, I, it was gonna kill me. So um. I ain't seen Fred Taylor. <laughs> yes, Fred Taylor is, and it's a wow. very, it's a very diverse. He was a dope running back. Listen, listen, listen. Love the show. That Love the show. Bad. But I, I, I remember watching the show, and I, I'm trying to figure out which episode it was. Give me one second. I'll tell you exactly what episode it was. It was the episode that had, um, um, let's see. Hmm. It had. Uh, what's his name from um, the Texans? Who? 
What's this boy? God, help me. Help me recall information. Oh, right here. Right here. I know it's 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 killing me. Hold on, I have for you one second. So, I'm sorry, guys. Give us one moment. Andre Johnson, Andre Johnson. So on this episode that he had with Andre Johnson, uh, if you guys are interested, it's on YouTube. It's called Every Family Has a Feud. This is ours. And um, it's the episode with Andre Johnson. And Andre Johnson, he did, uh, he he talked about his voice and his ability to speak out about certain things and and stuff like that because – And one thing that he brought up about this particular show is about how the world is different now for athletes because back in the day, they didn't have a platform like I Am Athlete where they can go and say how they feel and feel comfortable saying how they feel without um, detriment. You know what I mean? Because, you know, once you with the sports analysts and all of that kind of stuff, you know, you know, you don't know what kind of spin they're going to put on things or whatever the case may be. And I thought that that was just lately. I've been listening to quite a few black men expressing that sentiment that there aren't a lot of spaces for black men to really express themselves authentically without being judged or, um, treated differently and it made me really sad thinking about that yeah and it also makes a lot of sense why you have a lot of men who don't express much emotion or conversate converse even though conversate is not in the dictionary too converse about um a lot of things beyond one or two sentences they don't really expand upon their thought processes of a lot of things because they don't feel safe in certain settings talking about certain things yeah, that's, I mean, that's a whole deeper issue. That's, <laughs> that's, that's for a different podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I, I could agree with a lot of those things. I, I have to watch the episode because I haven't seen it. I haven't really watched any. I just seen clips. Let me tell you something. You're going to be addicted. It's so good. I watch it all the time. Yeah, I just have a hard time watching stuff. I don't be having time like the that. The conversation is so organic and good. That's it's great. It's for real. I had to sit down and, and actually watch television sometimes. You don't have to watch it. You can let it play. But I like when I sit down and watch it, I like to be in tune with it because yeah. I want to learn. But I just don't have a focus to do that. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So if I have to sit if I happen to sit down and watch something, normally I'm watching something that's mindless. Oh wow. So I'm watching like a sports talk. I can hear that as I'm Or a cartoon. Thing. Not a cartoon. <laughs> see, I haven't watched cartoons. I love cartoons. Cartoon, yeah. cartoon. Well, we are approaching the end of this podcast, but we definitely will not do so without giving you guys a general prompt and some affirmations for this week. All right. So you, you go first. Okay, it don't so, matter. So the journal prompt this week is, you know, today we talked a little bit about just accountability and being mindful of things you say. Um, and it brought up this idea for me of, like, what are some examples that we are setting for our youth? Mm-hmm. Um, legacy. Think, think about, you know, our legacy. What what type of example are we setting for them in our relationships, our friendships, career, accountability, um, responsibility? Um, what are some things that your life is showing the youth? You know, 
because whether you intend to teach them or not, they're they're watching. Those little sponges. Yeah, and so look at take a look at your life and say, what are you teaching the youth based on how you're living your life? Um, and be honest, it's okay. You know, we we all have areas that we fall short in, and y'all have areas that we can improve in. And so this is a time for us to just be vulnerable with ourselves, to so that we can grow. So once again, that journal prompt is. What examples are you setting for the youth? Yes. I like that. I like that. I like that. That's going to be a good one. I know. Okay, so this week's affirmations are as follows. Affirmations. Affirmations. Wearing bird. (laughs) (laughs) One, I am improving daily with each personal revision. I am improving daily with each personal revision i am improving daily with each personal revision revision yeah like how you revise yourself update upgrade saying my word is wrong r-e-v-i-s-i-o-n oh superior that's why i spelled it right go ahead next um I will do the work needed for my self-healing. I will do the work needed for my self-healing. I will do the work needed for my self-healing. And lastly, I discover every positive trait I possess. I discover every positive trait I possess. I discover every positive trait that I possess. And those are your affirmations for this week. All right. Okay. Well. Well. That was, you know, that was, that was good, a good, good show. Good yeah. show. Glad, glad you all tuned in today. Glad uh, you guys stuck around with us. It was a long one today. We, you know, if you all have noticed, we kind of shifted to, um, we kind of just, Freestyle, right? free, uh, more of a free flowing, and more of a less. Last less. season, we would we had a whole agenda, <laughs> and now I like the fact that we can just sit and talk about stuff. Because sometimes that's all you need. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of pressure trying to come up with a script. For real, you know, I think that we can find some self love in anything that we talk about. Absolutely. Uh, so it allows us to kind of be more free with our our opinions and our our mindsets and things that that have happened in the world. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you all for sticking with us and yes. listening and giving us feedback. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, hugs and love. Hugs and love. Peace, love, and light. There we go. See you next time. All right. Have a good one, guys. Bye.